0: You are listening to The Fly, the W670 podcast. It's season
1: two. It's episode 53. Why would the Cubs not want to be competitive? In this segment,
0: Crawley interviews Chicago comedian, host of the new My Favorite Cubs podcast with Lawrence Holm and the House of L Network to talk about if the Cubs should be buyers or sellers. It's Joe Kilgallen.
1: Joining me now on The Fly, the W podcast, I have longtime Cub fan and stand-up comedian, podcast host, the a true
0: entertainer here, Joe Kilgallen. Joe, how are you doing, buddy? I'm Greg Crawley. Thanks for having me on Fly the W Podcast. Big fan of you and everything that you do, my man.
1: And I, I'm glad we get to talk because you were actually in attendance at Wrigley Field today to see that catastrophe. Like It's still rolling around in the back of my head. Like What the hell was that?
0: Yeah, man. I was part of the 37,000 strong. Um, sadly, I feel like... Close to fifty percent Red Sox fans. I mean, like, like the Cubs, Boston travels. Uh, we clearly have the best fans in America, but the Red Sox are close. And uh, yeah, it was uh, it was a catastrophe. You're you're feeling like, all right, you know, we got walloped on Friday, but then we did the walloping on Saturday, and now we're gonna take the rubber match. We got Justin Steele, our ace, going. It's gonna be wonderful. And it just was an ugly game. And and. The offense wasn't there. The defense was bad. I'm sure we'll get into all that. But as far as uh, the fan experience at Wrigley, it was a weird game too. Because I remember at the fourth inning, looking over and being like, "It's still only one nothing, but it feels like we're not in this game."
1: Even though it was
0: was only one nothing the first few innings, and then you know the other shoe dropped and it dropped hard, and then the ball started flying out of the ballpark, and then we couldn't. The defense was bad, and there was just it all. It all unfolded in a very ugly way at once.
1: Right. And I'm sitting there and they're putting in, uh, Edward Alzoli in the middle of a blowout. I'm like, what, what What are they doing? Like, like, you know,
0: what's going on with this team? Yeah. That I didn't get. I mean, I wasn't even going to be, I wasn't that upset with Justin Steele. Look, I mean, he got, uh, his final line was six earned runs in six innings. And I had to do a double take on that because, again, there was some shoddy defense. So I remember in my head being like, were a couple of these unearned? You know, because when you're at the ballpark, you're in the midst of it and you're shouting and you're talking to people. And, you know, you're trying to figure out what's what. So sometimes you have to go back to the box score, which I did after the game. And I was like, all right, yeah, he wasn't sharp. You know, he pitched one inning in the All-Star game. You know, sometimes that layoff gets people out of their rhythm. You know, they're used to pitching every, you know, fourth, fifth day and all that. So I'm not going to beat down Justin Steele too much. Even with six earned in six innings, that ballooned his ERA up to a whole 2.96. He's <laughs> still great. But the middle relief is, And bringing an advert in when he did was a little bit of a head scratcher. I wasn't sure if there there was a need to get him some work. I I don't really understand that. Um, And then, you know, Tucker Barnhart coming in there. You know, when you have your catcher pitching, it's always one of those things where it's like, you know, you know, you try to have some fun in a blowout as a fan. So when we started to rally a little bit, it's like, all right, hey, we're down 11 zip. We've seen weirder. It's major league baseball. Well, there's been weirder. Come on, let's do this. And then you see Tucker, you know, trotting out to the mound and you're like, all right, well,
1: well, you and I you have had many late night uh, conversations about the direction of this team. And that's kind of you and I have talked about spending, prospects, the whole works. And, and, and we're kind of getting close to that trading deadline. You know, we're about two weeks out from it. And, you know, as from one cup fan to another, I mean, do you still feel in your heart of hearts that this team is worth investing in and there is an opportunity For them to not just make the playoffs, yeah, let's just go make playoffs. Do you still think that they feel that there's an opportunity that this team can make the playoffs?
0: You know, it's tough. Uh, I mean, I remember you know we talked a little bit the other day, and I made a crack about Cubs spending, but I feel like my context was taken out. So I'm going to give your listeners a little background on that. (laughs) Uh, I was on another podcast, and I there was a Reds fan and a Pirates fan on that. And they were both talking about from their perspective, like maybe, hopefully we could get a new toy for Christmas. They're talking like tiny Tim, some poor kid who just wanted a little thing. And it just made me go, man, you guys shouldn't even be in the conversation with us because we're such a big market. I didn't mean we don't spend and we right. do. And we obviously spend more, way more than them. I just meant that we are such a Titan compared to, look, I've been to Cincinnati, I've been to Pittsburgh. They're nice towns, but we're a city. That's what I think I was trying to say. And I was lost in translation a little bit on my own. And, you know, I talk too much. I make mistakes. But as far as do I think this team can make the playoffs this year? Honestly, man, if we would have taken two out of three, maybe I would have been drinking the Kool-Aid a little bit more. I don't know if we can. But in the same regard, oh, this division. Carly, this division is so not good. I feel like 85 wins could really win this division And I don't know if I see a path for 85 presently, but I still, it still feels like a division where if you're six games back on September 1st, you're still in it. Am I crazy for thinking that? Maybe. Um, But as far as like being buyers and sellers, I almost feel like soft buy, soft sell. Soft sell meaning like, hey, we had 55 conversations with Strowman, we had 55 conversations with Cody Bellinger and his, you know, agent, the, the very famous Boris. Scott Boris, and we just don't see eye to eye. We need to move them so we could get something. We'll try to talk to them in the offseason. I could totally buy that as a fan and as someone who understands how the world works. But in the same regard, it'd be great if we kind Because you can't sell every year, especially going into an offseason, where you have Shohei, Matt Chapman, and who else? Who else are the big free agents out there? Nobody. It's a weak, very weak class. Right. So I just feel like I don't want to see a big sell-off, but in the same regard, I'd be like, fine. If I found out like, Hey, we traded, you know, this kind of four a ish guy for a really awesome reliever and someone else who we think might help us out both the last two months of this year and maybe down the line. And we also flipped drew smiley for someone and we dealt, I don't, you know, another Tucker Barnhart. Sure. Right. You know what I mean? Sure. Then I'd be like, all right, fine. We didn't sell the whole team off. We didn't go for broke either by trying to make a big splash. That's for naught." or the, but then in the same regard, like, you know, I'm reading the other day that San Diego might uh, try to trade Soto. Granted Soto doesn't have much time, but say the Cubs did make some weird move and got him. I'd be like, wow, that's thinking outside the box. I don't think it's going to happen. Cubs fans don't get crazy with me now, but like, you know what I mean? It's one of those weird, a weird spot. We're in such a bad division. Any other year, with the Cubs' record being eight games back, you'd it wouldn't even be. We wouldn't even be talking about this, Crawley, because the answer would be so obvious. Sell. That'd be the answer. But yeah. this division sucks. And the question, though, you
1: have to, you know, if they do sell, that that's three years in a row, Joe. That's three sell-offs in a row. And and, and at some point in time, Marcus Stroman, he gave an interesting press conference today that we were, we were talking about earlier, where he's saying, why wouldn't you want to be competitive every year? Mm-hmm. And you know. To me, I was probably pretty. I'm, I've been pretty patient with Jed and 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 the plan and you have all this stuff. But if you're telling me that this is going to be the third sell off in a row, I'm I'm just, you know, who's where are you going to get the stud pitching from? I mean, we saw Caleb Killian, we saw Hayden Wiznisky, and they did okay. But you know, that's the thing with young pitchers; they they don't all catch on fire. Sometimes it takes a little bit more time. Justin Steele took a little bit more time. But if you're telling me three sell-offs in a row and you're going to lose both, like if you lose... What, what I, the thing that bothers me is I know that when you talk about Cody Bellinger, Boris will not have his guy sign an extension before hitting the market. That mm-hmm. will not happen. That's not going to happen. But Marcus Stroman has said a bajillion times, I, I'm hey, I'm really willing to talk. I'm willing to extend. I want to do it here. He even said, even if I go to free agency, I hope the Cubs are there. But you, you want to be, you have to, you know, for these type of guys, you got to be playing with the big boys. You can't just sit there and think you're going to get a hometown discount. That's not going to happen. This is probably Strowman's last big contract for Bellinger. He had to bounce back and he bet on himself and it looks like he made the right bet. He's expecting a very big contract. So the Cubs have to ask themselves, what are they going to do? And if they, if they lose, you know, you don't want to lose the guys and not get anything, but at the same time, would either of those guys be something good to build around?
0: I mean, I think so. And, and you're right. And I agree with everything you just said. Strowman, I mean, 32. So this would be his last big contract. And he has been clear, crystal clear that he wants to be here. So I'm at the point as not just a Cubs fan, but as a sensible baseball fan. And looking at what you're trying to build over here, letting him go. I, I just don't see where that makes sense. What you said about Bellinger. Yeah, he's a Boris guy. I think one time in Scott Boris's pretty illustrious and long career has one of his guys sign an extension. I think that was Strasburg. I th- once, again, that's once out of what? How many guys? Right. So again, you have a 0.003% chance of getting a Boris guy to extend. So if they trade, so if, as a fan and as someone who understands business a little bit, I, I like to think, at least the base the business of baseball, if they were to trade Bellinger, but extend Stroman, like in the same week, I could be okay with that.
1: I, 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 totally I mean, be okay exactly hundred percent the same, but if you lose both of them, yeah, like, like, okay. So, you know, I don't know what Jamison Tyone is. I don't know if this is just, you know, sometimes Cubs pitcher, free agent pitchers, their first year, they struggle a little bit. Stroman wasn't the stud last year. John Lester took him about half a year to get going you know, I don't know what you have in him. I know Justin Steele's, you know, looks like he's still an all star again. Uh, that should have been two earned runs today, not six. I agree. You know, that should have been an error on uh, Nico. Nico said it himself, David Ross said it. Everyone knows that Nico makes that play 99 out of 100 times, and
0: that's before. what I had to look up in the box score because I remember being like, that wasn't an error, it was a weird thing, but yeah, you're right.
1: And there's no doubt that the Cubs have a lot of good pitching on the way when you talk about Ben Brown, when you talk about Jordan Wicks, when you talk about these guys and who Morris. knows, maybe you see what happens with Miguel Amaya this year. You know, he came back from the dead. That guy was, you know, three years. He didn't basically play baseball. He's injured and didn't do much and played only a couple games. And now you're like, oh, this is something. Maybe Braylon Marquez is that same kind of sure. story. You don't know, but that's you're, you're, you're hoping for a lot of things to break your way. And and that's the thing is that when it comes to, you know, a center fielder, I think with PCA, you got about as, as much of a can't miss as possible when it comes to prospects, Matt Mervis. I think Matt Mervis can still have a really, I I looked at his numbers. His numbers were no different than Anthony Rizzo's when he came up in San Diego. He, he he had a really poor showing in San Diego Rizzo did and got sent back to the minors. Yes. And so I, 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 I feel more comfortable about that, but, but the pitching, like, like I said, when you have a guy, Stroman's leading MLB in quality starts and you know, it, it's to me, it's just, there's, 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 I feel like that this is a pivotal moment right now for whatever Jed's rebuild is. And if he decides to start selling, I mean, how long does Tom Ricketts keep doing
0: this? Cause this has been what now? This is a while. And like I said, I, I, you know, slid that in there on purpose. I wanted the fans to realize. I said, yes, I was part of the thirty-seven thousand people at Wrigley Field. It was a Sunday afternoon, ninety—not ninety. It was eighty-five degrees. Sunday, eighty-five degree day in July should have had forty thousand, right? And thirty-seven thousand. Look, that's still a great crowd. But fifty percent were Red Sox fans. I feel like if I'm Tom Ricketts, I'm thinking this used to be forty thousand easy. And there has been a little bit, we've seen it, Crawley. We know a lot of your season ticket holder. We know tons of season ticket holders and they'll tell us I'm having trouble reselling some tickets. That says something. There's a lot I like about Jed. There's a lot I like about the moves they've made. And I'm a big Rossi guy too. I know some people, there's some stuff that'll make you scratch your head here or there, but overall I still think there's some good there. A lot of good there. I, but you do have to think to yourself, you, first of all, aren't you getting annoyed with selling? I'm sure from a, <laughs> from a trading standpoint, it might be fun. Maybe I could steal another PCA and all that. And I'm a big believer in PCA because he's got, he's the type of guy that even if his bat is slow to progress, like early going, and there's going to be some of that. We got spoiled the last go around where everyone came up hitting immediately. That rarely happens. We just got, it all came together. PCA is his glove is a two war a year. Right. If he hits even league average, he's going to be a four-war player just because that glove's fantastic. So I look at it this way. there's a, It's a weak free Asian class. Shohei is the prize, right? If you're not doing all you can to extend Stroman, because if I'm Shohei Otani, why would I go to a team that's selling off yet again? It just wouldn't make sense on his point of view. He could go anywhere, but there's really only about four or five markets that could afford his asking price. He's going to be at least 500 million. We're one of those markets. Cubs, Yankees, Red Sox, Dodgers, maybe one or two other ones that could maybe be a dark horse. But for the most part, we're in that conversation. Why wouldn't you do all you can to show him, hey, we're serious. Marcus Stroman has made statement after statement, I want to be here for the long time. Sign him. He's asking for it. Even Bellinger, which again, we both just said two minutes ago, you got to trade him, you got to trade him. But I think that dude is like, hey, I like it here. He clearly likes in Chicago. He probably found a place where he could get his little funny cigarettes. You know what we're talking about? He's got his <laughs> right across the court. street from the ballpark. Right across here from the ballpark. He's got his munchy spots, right? He's a chill dude. He's probably enjoying being here. I could see him saying to Boris, like, hey, like, yeah, I know you're the man with, with the plan who wants to give me as much money as possible, but I really enjoy being here. But again, if they trade him, I understand that. The only way I wouldn't understand it is if they're not at least having the conversation. I think that's what has been upsetting to us as Cubs fans a little bit, because every now and then we hear stuff where it's like, they haven't even talked to him. Like Stroman made it seem like they haven't even picked up a phone. And that was the thing that kind of would frustrate us a little bit, because it's like, listen, I can understand making the move, but I don't understand not calling him up. Talk to these people. At least try. Because like you said, Uh, PCA is still very young, right? He's in double a, they don't like jumping double a to triple a or to majors too often. I imagine he's going to get promoted to Iowa very soon. And even so the idea of him breaking with the big league team next year, unlikely you sign a guy like Bellinger, who again, I don't think he's looking for seven years, right? He's his first good year in three seasons. You could probably get him for a three to four year extension at not insane money, but you know, he's a plus glove in center field. If PCA knocks on the door, you move him over to first base, no problem. Mervis could DH. Like, there's leeway now. There's more options with the DH in the National League than there has been before. Wait, wait,
1: wait, Joe, are you telling me that the DH can be played by somebody that's not a
0: backup catcher? I know, right? <laughs> or a guy that has um, mega bus miles between Des Moines and Chicago? I should have oh. said Greyhound. Mega bus isn't a thing anymore, but Greyhound points is what I should have said. I mean, my God, you, it'd be nice. If we didn't have – look, I like Jan Gom, solid hitter, good catcher. He should not have the words DH next to his name in a, in a lineup. Some of these guys – like, Talkman, has been very solid. He's kind of surprised a lot of Cubs fans. Like, he's been a guy where you're like, yes, this is what a fourth outfielder should be. Good defense, showing the bat a little bit, kind of like a Chris Coghlan not that long ago. But he should not have the words DH next to his name either. It should be a guy who freaking puts fear into the pitcher. And that's – to me, that's where I sit here and I am –
1: frustrated beyond belief is, is I don't think that there is that guy on the Cubs that anybody fears. There's nobody, you know, like when you said sometimes you are looking at a roster and you're just looking, it's like who on the Cubs scares you? Who is, who's the boogeyman that you're like, Oh man, we got to be careful. Don't put anyone on in front of this guy because this guy can really
0: get, it's not nobody. It's nobody. Yeah, no, it's true. There really isn't anybody. And I was talking about with a friend today at the game and he said, Bellinger started real hot, but what happened? I'm like, oh, he missed a month. And he, he follows baseball a little bit, but not that great. And I was like, I said, the Cubs offense this going into this season. I knew I was going to like their starting pitching. Bullpens are always a mystery year to year. But we had done a good job the last few years of, you know, putting together a really nice bullpen. You know, the, you know, there might be a couple of hiccups along the way, but by the end of the year, you're like, yeah, that was a solid unit. Offensively, I looked at this team and I thought, look, I like Nico. I, I, I love, I like Hap, I like Dansby say, I still had some stuff to prove, but I remember thinking to myself, if we could get 2019 Bellinger, if we could get, I kept saying, if we could get this version of each one of these guys, then we could have something, but you can't have that many ifs going into a lineup, you know, like if this guy could do this, if that, it's just not, you need that one staple that one guy in that middle, that you just know the back of his baseball card is going to be the same year after year after year. And we had that first stretch. And we just don't have that now. And it is funny because you look at the history of the Cubs, even when they were bad, they still have that one guy in the middle where you're like, that guy is going to put some damage on the baseball, whether it was the nineties with Sandberg and Dawson or so, those years and all that stuff, there was always that one guy that we know was there to sell tickets, but still put the fear in right now. We have so many complimentary pieces that if we could just add that one guy, that guy who's perennially in the silver slugger MVP conversation then, then we're talking about something here. Then we could go back to being, um, you know, the the big sticks of the NL Central, like we should be.
1: And and the thing I feel like really kind of kills us right here is that you were hoping Ian's to hap- that last year was just the beginning of him taking that next step. I don't feel he has. I said, say a Suzuki, you know, first year in, 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 uh, you know, playing in the States, I said, you know, give him a little leeway. I thought that this year he was going to come out. Remember how big and excited we were at, at uh, spring training? Guys all jacked up and we're like, oh, this guy's going to hit like 30, 40 home runs. And like he's like on pace for like 16. It's like those are your corner spots. You're looking at all your corner spots at first and, and right and left and third. And, and you have no power from anywhere. There's nowhere to generate power.
0: Yeah, there is. I mean, you're right. Yeah, Saya came in the spring training like he was on the Marvel diet. I mean, he looked like an Avenger. He looked awesome. And we're thinking, all right, this is the guy. And there's still like, you know, he's he's shown flashes, but he just hasn't put it all together for any kind of stretch to make me confident in him at all. And Ian um, is a really a guy who I'm like, this guy should be batting second. Cause even last year as an all-star and look, he had, a, he had an awesome season last year as an all-star as a gold glove left fielder, his power still wasn't there. I think he only finished with like 17, 18 home runs. So his power dipped, but he was still getting on base at a good clip. And he still gets on base pretty good now, but just the I just don't know where his slugging went. So I almost want to see him batting second right now. Put Bellinger third, or Swanson third when he's back hitting. By the way, I did see Dansby Swanson in batting practice today. I got to imagine he's going to be back very soon because he was hitting some shots during nice. B2 today. So that's <laughs> that's some good news Cubs fans. I think Swanson will be back very soon.
1: You know, that's the thing is if you're you must have got in pretty early to catch him, you know, doing some BP, huh?
0: Yeah, it was um incredibly early. It was like 11, like just right when the do- gates opened, he was just finishing up and he's easy to tell. Cause he wasn't wearing his hat. So he had those locks the guys got oh, fantastic yeah. hair. That dance Swanson.
1: You, you, um, you wonder if he's got like a shampoo
0: yet? conditioner deal, something like that, you know, like a head and shoulders. He would be a perfect head and shoulders guy. I know their NFL players were doing some commercials for them for a while, but Swansby should definitely be on that. And I know his wife's got some wonderful hair. So if they have children, those are going to be some athletes right there. As we all know, she's a professional soccer player. The Cubs should draft one of those kids soon, just you know, last round pick, just to get the family involved. But he was he was out there. He's wearing the baby blue. I think he likes wearing that baby blue long sleeve shirt that you'd wear under a city connect jersey. And a clear as day, he was out there. So hopefully he's going to be back soon. And Nico's a he's been an awesome shortstop. It just was I don't know it wasn't his day, uh, yeah. but that was the thing. You're right. We're talking about those corner pieces where you're supposed to be getting the power. The power is not there in left. Uh, the power is not there in right. And it's really, you know, third base been a revolving door a little bit. I mean, Christopher morale, I'm very happy with the way he's been like, you know, I don't have a lot to complain about with morale. He'll go through his. Yeah. Morales, a guy that's going to have a week where it's like, yeah, he was two for 18 this week with, you know, 12 strikeouts. That's just how he is as a player. But I think at the end of the season, his OPS is around 900 right now. At the end of the year, if he's around 850, that's a successful year. I think he's, I think he's really coming to his own as a hitter, but yeah, he's going to have weeks or two and and look there are guys who are printing all-stars that are going to have weeks where they look like crap for a week. That's just how it goes. But I I definitely like what I see out of him. I just don't know what his position is going to be. Have you Absol- have you if absolutely. you made a decision, if you were in charge of the Cubs, where would you put him?
1: I, I wonder if you know, boy, I, I was talking like maybe, you know, you move Nico to third and 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 you keep Dansby at short and you keep uh Murrell at second is probably it's some sort of shift like that, but he's got to play second, I think. That's really
0: that or dh and yeah, he looks way more comfortable at second. He's got better athleticism. Third base, I just don't know if his he's a little slow to react or just, just arm his arm isn't as can I don't know what it is. You're right. He doesn't look comfortable at third. He looks more natural at second base. And even though you, you know, typically want some power at third base, as long as you're getting that power somewhere else, who cares? Like, you know, so you're taking his power bat from third and putting it to second. And switching with Nico, I don't really care about that. That's like dumb old-school baseball. It's like, you got to have power at the corners. I'm like, no, you need power. I don't care where you get it from at this point. You just need it. And I know Morrell's going to finish the year with close to 30 home runs, I think. He's got like 17 now, I think. Um, Yeah, maybe he'll get like 26, 27. But either way, the power's there. Um, I like... I like his energy. I like the way he sparks him. I, I really, I, at the end of the day, you look at that lineup and you're like, ah, oh, it needs Shohei Otani. It needs just that one guy that you could just pencil in 35 home runs, you know, 880 OPS, 900 OPS, 140, you know, weighted runs created plus. Like you just need that one guy that's going to be there. And I just don't, and that guy's not knocking at the door. You can't put that on any of the minor leaguers just yet. You just can't.
1: Now, Christopher Morel is one of my favorite Cubs. And speaking of which, you have a new podcast coming out. I know you do a lot of podcasts, but, you know, being a Cub show, tell us about this new Cub podcast you have.
0: Oh, thank you. It's also with a fellow, a SCORE affiliate. Um, I guess I called him him an affiliate. He's kind of a big deal at the SCORE. Lawrence Holmes has a podcast network called The House of L. And Lawrence and I met years and years ago, and I've been a guest on his radio show several times throughout the last few years, he hits me up saying, Hey, I got an idea for a podcast called my favorite cub where I want to have you, you know, monthly podcast, which was great for me because being a comedian and a father of two, I, I don't have as much spare time as I used to have. And um, basically he wanted me to interview famous Cubs fans or Cubs fans of some sort of notoriety to ask them who their favorite cub was. That way, it's a podcast where you could go back and listen to previous episodes. You know, and you run a great podcast here, and it's awesome, but I know, like, hey, I was out of town last week. I'm not going to go back too far because I already know what happened. That's the thing with a sports podcast is it's so up to the minute that if you miss a few episodes, you're really not going to go back. You're just going to catch up present day. So We've done two episodes, one with professional wrestler Cole Cabana. He was a great wrestler. He was with WWE. He's with AEW now, which is a big thing. They're on TNT on Wednesday nights. And his favorite was Ryan Sandberg. Classic. Then I had stand-up comedian Mike Bridenstine, who has been on the Eric Andre show and has done a bunch of stuff for Comedy Central. Hilarious dude. And his favorite player was Andre Dawson. And they both told some really phenomenal stories. Uh, <laughs> Cole Kamana told a story about how he used to call into the score. And he remembered calling into the score when the Cubs got Steve Bouchelle Oh, and he was like, yeah, yeah. going to be the guy. Steve Buschel going to be the guy that ends the third base curse. Remember? Because for a while it was like, we haven't had anyone since Ron Santo at the hot corner. And it made me laugh because Steve Buschel, longtime Cubs fans will know he had a classic early 90s mullet. Oh, yeah. It was oh, glorious. Yeah. And then Brian Stein talked about meeting Andre Dawson. You know, being a long-time spring training guy, sometimes famous Cubs, historic Cubs will... Uh, do autograph signings they'll just announce hey this guy's signing autographs over here go say hello and he was at the game and didn't know him but he heard Andre Dawson signing autographs over there he froze he froze like out of a movie and his wife had to tell Andre Dawson what to sign like Andre said what do you want me to sign and he was so like shell-shocked that he met his hero that he just pointed at the baseball Andre Andre's like, yeah, yeah, I'll sign the baseball, but what do you want it to say? And he just <laughs> pointed again, and finally his wife was like, can you just write to Mike? Because <laughs> he was just such a child. Me, and me like, oh, my God, I'm meeting Andre Dawson. He wanted to say, hey, I wish you would have gotten a hold of Eric Shaw and really punched him in the face because I hated that guy growing up. Like He wanted to just relive all of the late 80s Cubs, early 90s Cubs talk with Andre Dawson, and it's a really good listen. So if you're a diehard Cubs fan and you want to hear about other people's favorite Cubs, check out my favorite Cub. It's available wherever you listen to podcasts. On the House of L, just type in House of L, you'll find it.
1: Absolutely. And where can people find you on social media? Because you're still a good Twitter follower, man. I still love it when you come out there.
0: Thanks, man. You know, I really wish um, – I, I, I still do Cubs content on there, and I'm hoping to dial it up a little bit more. The last month or so, it just things got tough with me, but I still like to do my Cubs reviews. I am on Twitter, at Joe Kilgallen. I also, um, Instagram, I'll share some stuff here, or there, but Twitter is mostly where I talk about the Cubs. I'm also on threads. The new thing I've tweeted once or twice about the Cubs there, but that's still news. But anyway, Twitter, and if you like stand up comedy and you want to check out my up comedy, just YouTube, my name type in Joe Kilgallen K I L G A L L O N. And I've got like hours of stand up comedy content. It is not safe to watch in front of your children. So please don't <laughs> do that. It is rated R, but I think you'll enjoy it nonetheless.
1: And and not only that, I've gone and I've seen your stand-up and my wife's a big fan of your stand-up. We saw we went out to see you at Arizona during spring training. We had a blast. That was and, blast. Uh, Thank you. And we're we're super excited because you are going to be the MC for the club 400 party that will not suck with joe madden on august 17th so if you have not got your tickets i i gotta talk to, to our friend Stuart and see if they're sold out yet i, I got a feeling they're pretty close gotta be but yeah. but, but but joe is going to be i it and you've done these events both for the cubs and for club 400 in the past so it's going to be awesome
0: i'm so excited for that and I don't know if you've admitted on air, but you did such a smart job with trying to get him to do what Joe mans Have you talked about this? <laughs> no, not too much yet. All right. I won't talk about it, but I'll just say this. This is another incentive for your listeners to support Club 400. Uh, usually they have the guest of honor sign something and Carly had a great idea for something for Joe Madden to sign. I'll just leave it at that. And Joe man's going to do it. And I can't thank you enough because it was a genius idea on your end.
1: I actually saw I, – we talked a little bit. It's 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 a Game 7 scorecard, and I just saw the first mock-up of it. And not only is it the scorecard, but it has a really cool backing, too. It's the first-ever exclusive Club 400 event. You can't get it anywhere other than going to this party. So you'll see me there. You'll see Joe there. And more importantly, you'll see Joe Madden, Bobby Dernier, uh, Jody Davis, and then who knows who the Ron heck else. Coomer. Ron Coomer. Ron uh, I mean, it's just going to be a blast. So, Joe, I'm looking forward to it, and I'm looking forward to catching the game with you soon, buddy.
0: Can't wait. Can't wait for all that stuff. Love you, Carly. Thanks, bud.
1: Take care.